for increasing taxes. But would you, um, if they had a whole bunch of new capital projects, such as the Performing Arts Center coming up in November, uh, uh, parking lots for the that same building, if it come to uh, in budget deliberations, if it come to looking for, for example, a seven percent tax increase, would you knock off some of those uh, uh, capital uh, projects in uh, favor of giving uh, tax uh, reductions to citizens? Okay, thank you. Well, I didn't read that in the paper that the uh, MRSR was out of money. Um, if that's the case, then we're being told something we should have been told some months ago because, in fact, this council decided that they would withhold all of the financial information on a six-month basis that they've given us for 20 years. What I can tell you about the MRSR when I read the documents of the city is that there was $16 million in it at the end of uh, January or at the end of December of last year. Uh, and that had grown from this $1 million that was left when they took the $5.7 million out. Um, I, I simply can't tell you about that because it receives payments every year. It gets $2.1 million that we pay for City Hall that we've been told has been uh, paid. So I, I have a lot of difficulty believing that it would be exactly zero now from $16 million at the beginning of the year. Yeah, go ahead, please. Thank you for that question. And the MRSR is probably the most misunderstood reserve fund that we have in the city of Lethbridge. It's called the Municipal Reserve Stabilization Reserve. And the MRSR may have a fluctuating balance. Maybe it's got a million in it, maybe two million in it, 30 million in it, 40 million in it. Because it is money that's flowing in and out of the MRSR. It is money that we're collecting from... Uh, uh, bank loans, uh, from building loans that are being paid off. And so that fund is not a static uh, fund. The MRSR's uh, important financial stability is used to stabilize fluctuating interest uh, re revenues and is a buffer for general fund operating surpluses and deficits on annual taxation requirements. It is also used to give relief to taxation. So it is an important fund. It is misunderstood by uh, a lot of uh, our residents because it can fluctuate so greatly. Okay, thank you very much. Next question. But, uh, they didn't answer the sorry, question. Um, I'm sorry, we'll have to go on to the next question, please. They didn't answer the question. Uh, who do you want to question? Uh, Mr. Wickersham. Wickersham. Okay, Tom. You're, you were the past uh, per, uh, chairman of the Finance Committee. Pardon? The, the MRS fund uh, gets money from uh, utility, um, utility uh, rates and all that. But I asked if there was a capital project, going to be money going to be taken out of there for a capital project, but would you, instead of taking the money out of there for a capital project, would you use it? to reduce taxation to the citizens. It is used to reduce taxation to our citizens. Well, why is it all allocated to capital projects? It is a mix between capital projects and taxation. So it is a balance between giving tax relief at tax time, and I believe, um, and I'm, I'm not going to quote a figure in the last operating budget because I would probably be wrong, uh, but I do have a figure that's in my mind. Uh, but it was used in the last operating budget 
to give tax relief to our residents and to okay. our citizens. Okay, thank you very much. You have answered the question, and we'll move on to one more question from the theater gallery, please. I'm sorry to uh, seem like I'm picking on you, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, please go ahead with your question. Um, last year, there was a request at City Council to hold a public forum on Tillman, as had been done in Medicine Hat, and I know you're aware of that. Council refused and instead said you would follow the lead of the Municipal Association. Do you feel that more uh, feel more responsible or accountable to the Municipal Association than the people of Lethbridge. The second question, what effect has Tilma had here in Lethbridge? Tilma is a, um, on a, a trade agreement, uh, as probably most people know, between Alberta and B.C. Subsequent to the Tilma, we've entered into another agreement with the Northwest Provincial Agreement. I, I, I probably have that wrong. But we have entered into an agreement with Saskatchewan, Alberta, and B.C. At the time that that question was raised with regards to Tilma, the city of Lethbridge lobbied and advocated on all of our behalf that uh, that, that Tilma agreement probably wasn't in the interest of our communities. However, it was really out of our hands. It was an agreement that was... Uh, going to be made and was at that point in time almost completed between Alberta and BC. The effects that Tilma has on the city of Lethbridge is our procurement agreements. So now uh, under the Tilma agreement, we cannot uh, limit the bid process to local businesses and general contractors we have to meet the criteria of Tilma, and we have to be—we uh, have to allow those jobs to go out to the best uh, tender and the best bidder. And they have tried to equalize the regulation between uh, BC and Alberta. Now, the danger that some of us have seen in that, and uh, we opposed uh, the Tilma on with regards, is that we felt that it was a minimum standard instead of. Uh, a standard that maybe our community wanted higher. And that's my understanding of, of the Tilma Agreement. Okay. Did I answer your question, sir? Uh, the first part of the question was... Um, on the forum. On the forum, um, as the medicine had had, gave everyone a chance to speak to it. But do you feel through that um, your... Um, more accountable to the municipal association or to the people of the city here? Without a question, uh, I am uh, totally accountable. Uh, I feel totally accountable to our own people. Uh, I do know that in regards to the Tilma, it was beyond our control. It was beyond our city's control. It was beyond our residents' control other than to advocate that they take a second look at it, that they evaluate the value to... Uh, Alberta municipalities, and how it would impact Lethbridge in particular, and we did advocate 
that with our premier and with our, uh, with our provincial government. Okay, I think we have to move on, Thank please, you. to the next question. My name is Cor Van Pelt, and I've lived here since 1953. I'll address my remarks to Mr. Parker. I understand that Mr. Parker is the owner and the co-owner of a company called Go West Marketing that specializes in the placing of electronic signs along the highway, one of which is placed on the Crow's Nest Trail where the crash line builders used to be. Uh, that property at time, one time, someone in the city offered to buy that for approximately $60,000. The city turned it down, and Mr. Parker picked it up, I believe, for $30,000. He placed the sign, and now he has a contract with the city for a period of 18 months, I believe, where he gets paid $57,723, which was decided at a council meeting where Mr. Parker and someone else excused himself, citing uh, in conflict of interest, uh, knowing full well that the remainder of the council was going to okay it already. This kind of under-the-table dealings, I believe, is, while it is legal... Uh, what is your question, please? The question. The question is, Mr. Parker, do you consider this... Uh, moral and ethical behavior of counsel. Thank you. Mr. Parker. Mr. Van Pelt, I think it's very important that we get the facts straight, and I'm very glad you asked the question because I knew it was going to come sooner or later. First of all, as a member of city council, I have the same rights as any citizen in this room. I have a, city council is considered a part-time job, and members of council shouldn't lose the opportunity to still have entrepreneurial experience and aspirations. Second of all, in regards to what you're saying regarding what someone did or someone bid, I don't know what happened there. I don't even know what you're talking about. But the city under the MGA has a certain policy that any time they sell land to any person, being a member of council or anyone in the community, they have to sell land at market or appraised value. I have to make sure that I follow the proper process in which I did. Some people in this community are making an issue out of a non-issue. The contract that I have with the city was properly tendered out and second of all, Mr. I want to clarify, because you have some accusations against me, and I want to make sure you get clarified here. Members of council have all the right to do business with the Corporation of Luffridge. Mr. Ed Martin, Greg Weddick, and David Carpenter in the past have done business with the citizens of Luffridge, with the city of Luffridge. You folks have told the council that you want people on council that are also businessmen, just not academics and not bureaucrats. You want a mix of everything. So I'm not going to stand here and have you yell at me for something I have not done wrong. Thank you. Mr. Okay, thank you very much. We're moving on to the next question, please. I would like to ask my question of uh, Chris Jones and Roy Trent. Um, Chris Jones and Rory Tarrant, please. Go so, ahead with your question. So if you guys get on uh, city council, how would you use the youth advisory committee to help do your job? <laughs> uh, definitely. I think that's one of the things the, the city did do right in the last few years was creating youth advisory council. Um, for you, those of you that don't know what this council does, it's a, a group of people made up of 18 to 25-year-olds who their job is to... Um, 
advise council on issues regarding youth in the city. And uh, so I thought it was an excellent job. Now, in uh, response to the question, I would uh, take their views, um, whatever it be. I, I know one of they just did a presentation on a youth center and the need for a youth center in Lethbridge. And then uh, taking that view and, and put those into the capital plan, um, of course, with proper uh, fiscal responsibility. Um, but I would definitely like to uh, make a greater use of the council that's already there. And uh, I would like to promote the council uh, on a greater level within the city. So thanks for the question. Thank you. Yeah, the youth, the youth advisory committee is, a, like I said, it's a rose and it's a great council. I'd like to use them. I say, there's a lot of energy and new ideas in youth. They have, uh, they look at things a little bit different than, uh, than the rest of us. And if you were to bring that, I would like to bring them up and you, I say, bring them in to make sure that they're coming to council meetings so that they know the issues that are coming along. So you want to not only just have the information flowing, you know, tell us what's going on, but, you know, as a council, let's tell them what's going on. Let's look for their opinions on these things and then bring that information back in. So it, well, information flows out, information should flow back in to make it a whole process. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, too. Next question, please. Uh, my question is uh, directed towards Mr. Babke. Uh, Mr. Babke, you talk about the, on your website, uh, monies being spent out of the BAU. Could you please elaborate on that? Sure. Um, I can elaborate on the BAU because it's one of those things that leads to this kind of mythical response of people that you can't cut taxes without cutting services. Because the BAU is budget authorized but unexpended. And for the last 10 years, it has accumulated each and every year an amount of money that now totals over $19 million. It's sitting in an account. It's not assigned to anything. The principles of the city of Lethbridge provide that a surplus in any unit can be held over at the option uh, of the city manager alone uh, for one year. But what's happened in Lethbridge is it gets hold of, held over one year and another year and another year and it's now at $19 million. Now, what I've said clearly is to take some of that BAU, I've already identified perhaps $4 million out of the MRSR, uh, take uh, another $4 million out of the uh, BAU, because it should have been returned long ago, and apply it to the uh, taxes uh, or the tax increase. That doesn't cut any spending. It cuts the tax service. There is more sources of money than just taxes, one of them is taking money from capital amounts that are sitting there without any prescribed use at the present time. I don't think that's hard to follow. It is not cutting services. It's using money that's there to uh, lay off the tax increase so that we won't get more increases. Thanks Thank very much. Thank you. My Next. question is to Mr. Morrow and Ms. Simmons. There's been a lot of push to build downtown residences. With the parking lots already wanting to pave the uh, Galt Gardens and wanting to pave the piece of land by the curling rink, how do you intend to have residences with high-rises, with not a parking problem? Are there children going to be allowed there? What are they going to do for schools? The whole thing just seems bizarre to me why you would build high-rises in downtown Lethbridge when you already have major parking problems? Thank you for the question. Um, I think that the, the, 
It's not a matter of building high-rises. What it is a matter of doing is uh, building mixed use. So definitely not just, um, not just uh, one level of housing, but several levels. Um, but, but in that, to include commercial, to include um, services. So you might have a four-story building, for example, but it's not all residences. It will be mixed use. Um, definitely parking is an issue. I, I certainly don't deny that. But as the city is planned and even going forward, looking at our new municipal development plan for the future, um, parking is something that is being addressed. So definitely, you know what, we don't want to build uh, high rises and then have people come downtown and have nowhere to park. But having said that, my, my, my hope is that people who live downtown will not necessarily um, be using vehicles. What they'll be doing is they will have public transport. They will walk. It will be a more walkable downtown. So um, hopefully okay, that Margaret. would alleviate the parking issue. Thank you. Thank you. Just for clarification, were you talking, there's two, two questions there. One is uh, housing in downtown, the other one is how you're going to manage parking, is that correct? Yes, and schools for children, if there are going to be children in those buildings downtown, that's going to really complicate matters. Okay, I, um, I'll address the parking issue first. Uh, I remember back when I was on council, there used to be, and I don't know if it still exists, I'm hoping that it does, what was called a parking reserve, which was money generated by the meters and tickets downtown. That at that time had over two and a half to nearly three million dollars which was intended to be used for a parkade that was many many years ago it hasn't happened that money has been squandered somewhere else so i think we need to revive that and make sure that there is money to have a, a parkade to address the parking issues as far as living downtown unfortunately i believe that people like myself and my wife we want to live downtown because i want to be able to walk and ride and do all the things that i need to do i'm assuming and i'm thinking that someone that has a family with children would probably not want to live downtown because like you say the schools aren't there and and what they need is not there people i think migrate to where they find that they have the best use of what is in their area that they can live their life in in, in their way of living and we all live different Thank you. Next question, please. Hi. Um, this is kind of a two-part. My first question is... Um, who, who is your question directed to? Oh, sorry. Um, Mr. Ken... What's his name? Trench. <laughs> um, Ken Trench, yes. Yeah. Um... You were recently talking about uh, busing, and um, I was wondering what would you do if you were elected um, to alleviate um, uh, financial issues for disabled people, um, such as uh, what Calgary and Edmonton do uh, for the, the standard bus passes. Um, they have um, a standard price for um, crap. Uh, they have standard prices for um, handicapped and elderly, and uh, it doesn't. It never changes. Okay, fine. Thank you. So, subsidized, standardized, reduced, 
rates on transits for disabled? This is certainly a discussion that uh, Council has had in the past, uh, past operating budget. Uh, when transit came to Council with their particular budget. It's always a case of revenue versus expenses. Council debated whether or not we could subsidize not just uh, bus passes for seniors, uh, those individuals who are on age, those people who uh, need special kind of bus care and really can't afford that kind of buses. I know I listened to Kevin Layton describe this, his particular position just uh, last week where he has to ride accessoride and it's costing him pardon he's a friend of mine and he and he has to pay three hundred dollars a month extra just to have access to that bus because he, he has can't. To, he actually has to uh he should because of his condition take the accessoride but he can't because he can't afford it that's right so uh, that council is certainly aware of that particular issue and is going to have to address it again come the next uh, operating budget when, uh, when we look at the revenues versus the, the expenses for that particular uh, department. And speaking I of certainly, I certainly sympathize and would like to advance that particular uh, uh, concept that you're describing where we can subsidize those people who can't afford busing. In fact, at one point in time, I even advocated for free busing for everyone. Uh, as, we, as you perhaps know, buses are presently subsidized by the citizens of Lethbridge through their taxes by approximately two-thirds of the cost of all of transit. Transit costs uh, the city of Lethbridge uh, from tax-supported portion roughly about $6 million. And about $4 million of that, well, $4 million of that is directly supported from your taxes. So Would you ever bring uh, tokens back? Do I ever bring tokens? Would you ever bring, would, would City Council ever bring tokens back for accessoride? I don't think uh, we're going, going in that direction. In fact, the direction that transit is going is smart cards, so that smart cards will be used not just for transit, but for all uh, variety of uh, user pay activities across the city. But that doesn't mean that a, a smart card wouldn't be able to have access, a free bus pass, uh, as well as other free kind of activities for citizens of Lethbridge who really needed it. So I if I, I understand correctly, it's been debated in council before, and you would be in favor of bringing it back? Uh, most, it will come back. I know it will come back because it, it comes back every operating budget. And I certainly would, would want council to take a good hard look at it and determine if we can really do it. I would be in favor of it, but again, it's a question of whether we can afford it in the services that we want to provide for all of our citizens. So are you talking... Okay, thanks very much. We're going to have to move on. He said that he would bring it back and is in favor of it. It's got to be debated again. Next question, please. This is for Mr. Babke and Mr. Kaufman, please. I'm first in the alphabet, so we'll try again. <laughs> um, I, I understood that I maybe have gotten the developments mixed up. Um, I understood that there was going to be some kind of new land set aside on the west side, 
and is that going to be for residential or is that uh, I just want you guys two different takes on it if you maybe have two different takes on it maybe you don't but at any rate is that land is that going to be set aside for residential or is that going to be this uh, I'm not sure where this twin arena thing fits in to anything thanks well. There, there's uh, lots of new land being bought. I think um, Alderman Wickersham recently proposed purchase of a quarter section of land. I was told that it won't be developed for about 20 years. I'm not sure why we're buying it, but will be residential at some stage. The, I, what you're talking about now, the Twin Ice Arena, is going uh, in the area where the schools are, the new schools. There's a large track of land there, uh, and recently the... Well, it was in 2006, council proposed borrowing from the Alberta government uh, $12 million. They then decided it was $13 million, and then they decided they could borrow from another financial institution, which turns out to be themselves, which was the, sub, the uh, subdivision, uh, the, the subdivi residential subdivision surplus, which is not a surplus. It's a minus $12 million. Um, and they've created a, a line of... Um, uh, credit to $22 million. I understand that city officials say, well, no, we were going to do that for the crossings, but the crossings were, uh, are completely finished in terms of its roads and uh, the servicing. So it's, the $22 million is still there for residential, perhaps in that area. Um, it's zoned commercial, but who knows what they're going to do with it. Are you talking about the new parcel of land on the northwest or in the north end of West Lethbridge? Well, like I said, I'm sort of it, I'm sort of confused over the different developments and what fits where and in what order. So it um, so if you, it, I understood that there was some new land being set aside, and I thought it was going to be residential, but maybe I've gotten that mixed up with another development. Maybe that is supposed to be that twin. Because the city just had its uh, its open house on the on, in, on crossings actually uh, regarding the expansion to the north of West Lethbridge and it's predominantly industrial in there. There is some residential that's being dedicated to this mixed use concept that we're talking about. It's called new urbanism or new urbanist style. Um, it's very pedestrian oriented, cyclist oriented. It's not very friendly to automobiles. It's designed with, of course, living space on top, commercial, and then retail on the bottom. So I know that the city is moving that way. As to what has been set aside for residential elsewhere, I, I don't have the information on that. Thank okay, you. thanks very much. Now, an allegation was made against Alderman Wickersham, and I'm going to give him 30 seconds to rebut... I wanted to clarify that the city of Lethbridge has been into land uh, purchases for a considerable number of years. And it is for strategic reasons. And uh, there are many examples, such as in the industrial park where we bought land about uh, seven years ago, eight years ago, for $4,000 an acre. It was about two sections of land or, or a section and a half, something to that figure. We subsequently realized the capitalization of that value of property. So it is for strategic purposes. Residential land development offsets the cost of operating our industrial park, which, uh, which we as citizens would have to bear that cost if we didn't uh, make uh, money with regards to 
our land development and residential development. So it is a benefit to the residents of the city of Lethbridge, and I have uh, always supported that okay. because uh, industry does not want to invest in industrial park land. Thank you for that clarification. The next question, please. Uh, this one's addressed to uh, Liz Zawaskiw and uh, Bridget, um, is it Murns? What is your opinion on red light cameras in the city? Uh, should they stay or go? <laughs> uh, when I was on the police commission, I was at a conference, and uh, there was a gentleman there who was an emergency room doctor, and he was talking about radar, photo radar, how not, people were outraged about it. And he said something I'll never forget. He said, everybody in the room who's opposed to, or, or he said, anybody who's opposed to photo radar, raise your right foot. And I, you know, as much as we may dislike it, if it reduces accidents and, uh, and uh, stopping people from running through red lights, if that's going to reduce accidents and, and not have so many people cramming up in emergency rooms, I'm in favor of it. I, I would hate to get one. haven't had one for, yet. I might. I won't like it. But I think the purpose behind it is to reduce traffic accidents, and that's not a bad thing. Thank you. I would definitely agree with that as well, and, and there is one really easy solution for the red light camera. Don't go through it. That's Thanks very much. <laughs> okay, do we have another question? I'd like to direct my question to Bridget Mears and Farron Ellis. Bridget um, Mears and Farron Ellis, please. Mm -hmm. I've heard quite a lot of comment and read comment in the paper about uh, the fact that we don't really need a performing arts center in this city. And yet, uh, again, it's been mentioned this evening that there's a new ice arena being planned for the west side. If you had to choose between one of those two items when there was only one pot of money available, which way would you direct your vote? That's a really tricky question. Um, just for clarification, there's something called the Community Arts Centre. That's going at the IGA location. The Performing Arts Centre location has not been announced. So first and foremost, I would want to have seen the Community Arts Centre and the Performing Arts Centre combined. They would have shared infrastructure. That would have made a whole lot more sense to me. Um, and as far as the, the twinned ice arena, um, I'm, as far as I know, it, it's already been approved and it's, it's along. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's already gone along in the process, and I know that doesn't really answer your question, but it's kind of a what-if question, and because it's already been approved, it's, it's not something that, that would be changeable. Um, thank you. I like that question. Uh, Councillors are going to have to be faced with these difficult choices every time they show up at council. That's, that's what we all know. That's what we've all um, accepted by uh, putting our names for it. Um, I have what I believe are some pretty clear criteria for new projects, especially the um, nice-to-haves, um, important-to-haves, but not necessarily the core infrastructure projects. Uh, um, so, so roads, sewers, water in, uh, uh, water out, those sorts of things um, are necessary, and we will fund those. When it comes to um, uh, ice rinks, um, uh, art centers, other um, very nice to have and important public uh, facilities. Uh, my criteria is, can the supporters of these uh, facilities 
uh, raise a considerable amount of money on their own, that is, uh, get the seed money going uh, from uh, private investors, from philanthropists, from uh, the community. Um, can we get um, grants from other levels of governments, because that is almost always a requirement in order to fund these. And thirdly, um, can these uh, uh, new facilities present a workable business plan that means they are not going to be an extraordinary um, burden on future taxpayers? That is, can we get them um, something along the, to uh, come something close to the NMAX model where, um, let's say, no more than 15% of their operating budget on a continuing basis will come from taxpayers' funds? Okay. So. Thank you very much. Next question, please. I'm going to... Okay, I'm going to direct this to Mr. Babke and just to sort of spread it around, I guess, to Ms. Switzer. Um, Mr. Babke, this is mostly directed at you. At a previous forum, I asked you what services you would cut in order to cut taxes, because that seems to be the main part of your platform. You gave me an answer that essentially said you would be, you would be spending down the city surpluses and there was absolutely no need to worry about it because there was money in the bank right now. It's a finite amount of money, sir. Once it's gone, it's gone. And I ask you again, what services would you cut in the city of Lethbridge in order to pay for the tax cut that you are basing or paying on. In, in 2011? Is that what you're talking about? Sir, we live in this city. We will be living in this city far beyond 2011. We will be living in this city, many of us, for the rest of our lives. We will be living with the services that this city provides. I'm not particularly interested in 2011, if that's what you're basing your, your, your numbers on. I'm asking you, what services would you cut? Well, sir, you know, you screamed at me the same way at the other forum, and I guess you're going to follow me around everywhere. I am not going to cut any services. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, right now, Bob, would you address that question? I'm, I'm not insulting you. Okay, please just... Would you... No. Okay, would you please just cool it? Now, okay, fine. Now, are you willing to answer the question? Well, I'm willing to answer the please question. Please go ahead. I answered it for him at another forum. Now, please go ahead and answer the question. Uh, I am not cutting any services. Over the last 10 years, you heard me answer something. Now, you don't want to believe it. Let's study some of the records. There is $19 million that has been accumulated over the last, uh, since the year 2000, that's sitting in the budget authorized but unexpended. That money, I'm saying there should be $4 million come out of that. Now I explained to you the other day as well that the city of Lethbridge has got a settlement with the National Bank that in November of 2011, it's supposed to receive $5.9 million as a set-off of the money that they had lost. National Bank is going to pay that. Now, sir, with $5.9 million and $4 million out of the um, budget authorized unexpended, I'm way over the, the $7 million or the $6.1 million increase in the tax take. If I apply that money to reducing those taxes, that is not cutting one single planned service. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Please wait, sir.
Ken, I'm sure you can appreciate that I'm not going to speak to Mr. Batke's platform. Thank you. Okay, fine. Thanks very much. Next question, please. My question is for Hazel Hart. On your hazelhart.ca website, it says that you plan to have free public transportation, yet you also say you're not going to raise taxes. So how do you plan to pay for that? When you consider that printing and distributing and selling of tickets and passes and all of that that goes into the little boxes on the bus, then the people collect those little boxes at the end of the day and how much staff is used to count all those tickets and that, how many dollars could we save if we eliminated total cost to public transportation? And we go on and you say, sure, that'll only do it for a couple of months. Let's take the $1.7 million that's, that's in the program, in the financial budget, for smart cards. Let's take that $1.7 million. Will that run the free buses for another six months? How much pollution will we save? How much congestion will we save? How much benefits will we give the handicapped, the students, the young school children who don't pay really, the seniors, for riding the buses. If they could have a free bus ride for even six months, it would establish the pattern of using public transit. Even I might use public transit then if I don't want to pay for it. And I think accumulation of little bits of savings here and there should provide free transportation. In the city of Venice, absolutely free transportation. The bus pulls up, there's three doors that people get on, any old door, they sit down. There's no waiting for some little old lady to count all her euros, just the bus moves. Okay, I'm going to bring you back to Lethbridge, and the question was... <laughs> okay. The question was, how are you going to pay for it? I just said, use the 1.7 million dollars that set out for smart cards, cut all of the necessary money of, of the ticket production, the counting of the money, save on the time that the buses will require to go from point A to point B. Thanks very much. Three months, six months, anything to establish a pattern. Thank you. Uh, next question, please. Um, I'd like to ask my question of Bridget um, Mearns and Lizzie Wasku. I'm sorry if I'm butchering your names. Um, earlier in the evening, there was a question about chickens um, in residential <laughs> residential um, properties in, in backyard. And I don't think that, every, although everybody's laughing, that it's something that should be dismissed um, so quickly. So I would like to know what the two of you think about that and if you'd consider um, a pilot project to explore the opportunities there. I've actually done some research on that question. There are over 400 cities in North America who've changed their bylaws to allow urban chickens. Um, that being said, there is still some concerns with health issues. Um, you know, I think it's something, if there's enough people in the city that wants that to be looked at, then, then that's what you need to do. Um, how do I personally feel about chickens in the backyard? It really doesn't matter. My opinion doesn't matter. You get information from everybody. You see what's important to the city, and then you make decisions from there. Well, 
I, I'm not pro chicken or con chicken per se, <laughs> I, uh, but uh, I've received a lot of questions in the last few weeks from a lot of different people, some individuals, some groups, wanting to know if I will support their initiative, whatever it is, however small, however big. And I've told them all exactly the same thing. I cannot judge anything until I see all the information that's before me, see what else is on the table, and I make decisions based on what can we afford, is it a priority, and does the public want it? So with that in mind, if that came before council, it would be treated like any other proposal. Thank you. Okay. Now, you've already had one question this evening, sir. Are there any others in the room that would like to ask a question? Please go ahead. Uh, my question's for Rory and Varun Ellis. There's a, I'm not sure how big of a trend this is, but I just see my teenage boys, uh, you know, in high school looking at the future, and Lethbridge is not in their future. You know, they, they want to move on to something bigger and better. And I'm just wondering what ideas or thoughts you have on how we can reverse that trend. Okay. <clears throat> Definitely, there's, there's a couple things we, I think, uh, the city of Lethbridge needs to be doing. The first off is economic development. We really need to be looking at a number of different uh, ways we can provide uh, economic development within the city so that um, the future generation does have jobs that can sustain them and make them want to live here. And so the city um, can do that in several different ways. One of the things we can do is uh, looking, re-looking at our stru uh, tax structure, looking at our utility rates and how they're charged. Um, you know, having one of the highest utility rates in the, you know, in the entire country is not necessarily the best uh, way to draw businesses in, uh, especially, you know, the large uh, businesses that, industries that we like to uh, sustain us, like food processing, those type of things that use large amounts of energy. Um, so that's definitely one area. Uh, and and the, the next one is once you have the jobs in place and you have that economic growth, you need to have facilities and you need to have opportunities for the youth. Um, come Friday, Saturday nights, there's not a whole lot to do in the town for people our age uh, and for people high school, junior high. We, oh, sorry. And so we definitely need to look at what those uh, opportunities are, uh, and needs are, and uh, that'll uh, go a long way in helping uh, the youth want to stay here. Thank, Thank you. Rory's touched on a number of uh, the important items. Uh, the, the more business-friendly a city can be, the more likely there is going to be opportunity for future generations. So I, I agree. Uh, utility rates um, should uh, pay for the cost of delivering the utilities and uh, maintenance, and that's it. We should not be uh, looking to uh, um, uh, make huge profits off of that. Um, parks, um, recreation, always important. I grew up in Lethbridge. I grew up in the suburbs of South Lethbridge, 13th Avenue, uh, suburbs at the time in the 1960s. Um, and uh, I did leave. I was, I was like, uh, probably like your uh, sons. Um, I wanted to see the bright lights of bigger cities. I went to school in Calgary. I went to school in Ottawa. I returned to Calgary to go to school. And then I chose to return to Lethbridge because the opportunities were here. With two post-secondary um, uh, institutions, I had those opportunities. Um, uh, yeah, they're, they're not out there for everybody, but the more we can do to provide them. Um, and I do think the two post-secondary institutions provide opportunities for our, our kids to stay here and also for other kids uh, from around the region to come to Lethbridge and decide that it is a, a place that they would like to stay and raise their families in. Okay, thanks very much. Hello, um, I am a young parent, well, 
I think I'm young. I'm a young parent of uh, three children, and I also have several friends that are also young, have young families. We find ourselves having to drive to certain communities like the new pool in Raymond and also the pool in Tabor because there is a lack of a rec centre. And it was Chris Jones that the question is going to be for. Um, I like the fact that you brought up the need for a rec centre in Lethbridge. Lethbridge is looking for some new points of view and to be hopefully directed towards the young families in Lethbridge. So I would like to know what your plan would be, where the money would come from if you're going to be looking from, for outside sources like NMAX or companies like that to pay for it, just like um, the Collicut Centre in Red Deer, which is a phenomenal, phenomenal facility that Lethbridge needs to have. It's a requirement, just like a police station. We should have that as well. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I... Uh, I very much agree with you. I myself have a young family, and I find the same thing. I go to Medicine Hat, and they have a rec center that puts anything in Lethbridge to shame, which is really a shame because this is a great city, right? So I, the funding for this kind of stuff, you know, I say, why did they build another fire hall? I'm sorry if I offend anyone. <laughs> but there, there seems to be all these capital spending things on stuff that, that's not in that people don't want. Maybe we needed the new fire hall. I wasn't on council. I didn't make that decision. Um, maybe that was necessary, and kudos for that. You know, go for it. But there seems to be this money that they're spending on all these things. Why can't we... The rec center should be a building underneath one roof. You shouldn't have to go to a twin ice arena on the west side, go back to the north side to play soccer, go over downtown to Curl. We're driving all over the city. Well, you can build a single facility to do these things. There's people looking for a skate park. You know what? You can only go skateboarding in this city, what, four or five months out of the year. If you put it underneath the roof, you can monitor it. You can have the revenue coming in. There's, it can be a self-sustaining facility just like the NMAX is. And it can, once you've built it, people, if you build the transportation in place to bring the people there, it would be a wonderful facility where you have the swimming, you have the skating arenas. You could put a curling arena there under one roof. Very sustainable, very doable. I also I know of business groups that want to that want to invest and do that kind of thing here in Lethbridge, where we can also bring in sporting events from out of town. We don't have the new facility they built on the west side of the university with their stadium. That with budgetary cutbacks, they couldn't build the seating that they wanted to. We can't hold large events here in southern Alberta because we do not have the facilities. That way, we're losing out revenue in that area too. So I say. There's, you know, there's, there's money in council. There's too much money from all I've heard tonight. <laughs> so let's take some of it <laughs> and build a facility that, that we can all enjoy. Not just the young people. There's the old, there's the, there are older populace too, you know. If there's a place where they can go, do some exercise, get together, and enjoy themselves, you know. Okay. everybody. Thank you. Thank you too. Okay, people, this will be our last question. Please go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I didn't come with this question, but the tenor of many of the uh, responses and comments raises it for me. <clears throat> and that who, is, who is the question directed to? I'd like to direct this to Bob Cooney and Bev Lentz. Lentz? Lentz? Uh, Bob Cooney and Bev Lanz. Just to hear some discussion about this, and that is about your vision around the rate of growth for this city. 
Uh, many of the responses indicate that we should have more industry and more development and so on. And I'm wondering, what rate of growth do you envision for the city, um, if any? Um, what size of population will the water supply of southern Alberta sustain? So I'm wondering about your vision for growth, if any. What size of city uh, you'd love to see? Thank you. I was going to ask Bev to play rock, paper, scissors, but I guess uh, I'm standing here. Um, thanks for the question, Terry. It's great. Um, I would say growth that doesn't overtax a system that uh, we already have, but allows for modest and sensible expansion. And uh, there's two two sides to that, um, modest and sensible expansion downtown to encourage people to be there, uh, modest and sensible expansion to outlying areas as long as the services can be maintained for the people that choose to live there. Um, th will that cost? Yes, it will. But it will also be directed towards people who choose to live in the far reaches of West Lethbridge versus versus downtown or any other location of the city. Um, I do know the city has assembled land to allow certain subdivisions to build out in, I believe, West Lethbridge. Somebody has to correct me on this if I'm wrong, but 50 to 60 years worth of residential capacity in that particular area. Uh, what I am not 100% sure of is whether or not there's enough infrastructure to support that. It would have to be built. That comes at a cost. Uh, I would really want people to make that decision with input from the, from citizens and people oh. in residential areas. Okay, thank you. Thank you. The plan your city process very clearly indicated the citizens of Lethbridge have said they, they don't want the city to get any bigger. They want the footprint to, to not increase significantly. They want um, increased density in housing. They don't want to have to um, put a lot of extra money into additional infrastructure if the city continues to get larger. That's what the citizens have already told the city. And so um, fulfilling that, that promise is something that the city needs to be accountable to. Thank you very much. Well, that brings us to the end of our Aldermanic debate. I would ask you to give a round of applause for our candidates, please. Thank you, candidates, for, for participating. Thank you, audience, over here in the Theatre Gallery, to you over at the Crossings Branch. Thank you for coming along, and to those of you in the community room. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we will have a forum for those running for the Office of Mayor of Lethbridge. Thank you. <laughs>